Welcome to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. Hear and learn through the success of others how to build the life and business you deserve. Learn to overcome failure, what it means to seek out growth, and how to become the best possible version of yourself. And now, here's your host, coach, entrepreneur, husband and father, and author of the number one best-selling book, Survive, Scale, Soar, Jeremy Williams. And welcome back. This is Jeremy Williams, and you're tuning in to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast, the podcast for the entrepreneur built by entrepreneurs. Before jumping into today's show with an incredible guest, I have to get something off my chest watching the news and what's happening in our world today. And instead of being negative about it, I want to tell you why I am thankful. Folks, those that are in power currently are working to divide us. The media is telling us that we're divided. I want you to be encouraged today. I truly believe 80% of our great country stands united on similar principles. We all deal with similar concerns, thoughts, challenges in our businesses. Let's be thankful that the majority is unified as that's what we should be focusing on. United we stand and divided we fall. Let's stand together in unity. And now that's off my chest, a reminder of today's episode moves you, makes you think differently, makes you laugh, or you know may help someone. I'm going to ask you to share it. I have an amazing guest on the show today. We're going to talk about haters. Owner of the number one book creation service, Dream Starters Publishing, mastermind behind the software, Book Lead Pro, and patriot leader of Mike's Inner Circle, and the publisher of my Amazon best-selling book, Survive, Scale, Soar, Mike Fallett. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeremy. That is an awesome opening by saying what you're thankful for. Uh, so I want to start off by saying the same thing. I'm thankful to escape the cave or have escaped the cave years ago. And I, what I mean by that is if you ever read Plato's Allegory of the Cave, it's being able to witness what it's like to be in a, a corporate environment or a job that you truly hate. And then eventually being able to break away, see what's possible, see who has escaped also, and, uh, and, and see what the truth is, is really uh, all about in this world. So um, being able to escape and, 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 and seeing other people, uh, how they live and, and how free they really are, like you, people who start businesses, help people do the exact same thing. I think I'm more thankful uh, about that than anything else, because once you realize what's real, what's not, or what it was like to be, you know, in chains, if you will, and then eventually getting out and doing your own thing, there's nothing like it. So I'm thankful for that. That's a great opening. And uh, I think you need to update your, your number there. We're at 260 now. We just did 260 the yesterday or two days ago. So that 260 is best-selling books. That is amazing. And I don't know, how, how many do you have in the pipeline? You, you shared that number the other day and I, it just blew my mind. Yeah, about 70 books we're working on right now. And, and this could be like, oh, we're at the just beginning stage where they're coming to me and, hey, I don't have much time to write a book or it's at the final editing stage right before the upload for the bestseller push. So it's from start to finish, you know, zero to 100 is the way we look at it. And uh, it's pretty cool to see not only the book come to life, but how people evolve and they change after they put a book out there. And I'm assuming that you ran into the same type of situation where you put it out there and then you realize some things about yourself or maybe the power of your story for the very first time. So is there anything that you did notice from the beginning to the end? 
Yeah, I think, you know, when you put your book out, you've got to be vulnerable because, uh, you know, you start sharing who you really are as a person and, and some of the things that you might have kept to yourself over the years. And, and that was part of the story of the book was it gave me the opportunity. I, I wrote it to my kids um, and it was really kind of a life lesson thing for them to be able to take and, and implement to their lives. And, and I wanted to tell them the stories that they probably have never heard and you know, I haven't shared with them, and but it gave an opportunity for a much bigger audience to hear those stories as well. And um, you know, it's, it, it rubbed some people wrong. Um, it it made people feel good. It made people connect to me and say, "Hey, that's me," and I, I'm going through that too. And they haven't never shared that with anybody. So it's been an amazing and powerful tool, and and it encourages me not to just stop there. You know, to continue to write and create content and start working on another book uh, to, to be able to, to help others. And, and I have to say, going through the process with you was amazing. Uh, you and, and, and Ash, I mean, it just made it so simple. And, you know, you told me it's like, okay, 30 days will be done. And I was thinking to myself, okay, it's taken me three years to get to this point. <laughs> You're telling me in the next month, the book's going to be done. And um, it took us a little bit longer because we were waiting on the, the guy that wrote my forward, Tony Watley, because uh, at the last minute I was thinking, gosh, I need somebody to write a forward and <laughs> I need to give somebody a little time to do that. So, um, but it's, it was an amazing journey, amazing process. If you're thinking about writing a book, I, I highly recommend reaching out to, to Mike and his team and, and they'll make it really easy for you. Everybody has a story. Don't think that you don't. Um, everybody has a story to tell. Thank you very much, man. And and did you notice something about your circle? Did, were, were there people coming out of the woodwork and and kind of saying, who are you to write a book? Or did you start to notice people not supporting you like they like you thought they would? Because I'll, I'll give you a quick little story here. We just put out a book. It's called Wake Up and Live. Okay. It's by Ann Jones Vote, great woman in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I've known her for a few years now. And uh, she went through a divorce and major transformation in her life recently. So she wrote a book about it. It's called The Ultimate Guide to Self-Discovery. And within a couple hours, she had people bashing her, leaving bad reviews. And this is from people that she thought were friends, like, you know, somewhat friends, maybe people who are her new husband or her old husband is with some new girl. She's coming out of the woodwork saying, don't buy the book on social media. So like, all of a sudden, she realized who her friends were, who our true supporters were, and it shocked the heck out of her because she had haters coming from out of nowhere. Did you notice that with your book at all? Did you see anything that's kind of surprised you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's sometimes the people that are closest to you. They're like, I, you know, I didn't know that about you, or I didn't hear that story, or you know that that offended me, or um, <laughs> yeah those type of things. And, and it was, it's, it's usually the people that are closest to you that, that it, it stings the most. Yes. Right. And what I noticed about my circle was that it grew beyond it. I mean, the first day that I had it published, I had somebody out of Denver, Colorado, I've never met before reach out and say, Hey man, I'm looking at this. Uh, I had a spot open up on my podcast that, you know, I'd, I'm looking for somebody I'm booked, you know, it's very rare for me to have an opening, but I saw your book. He's like, man, I think you'd be perfect for the show. And um, so, you know, immediately like doors started opening that I didn't know before. Obviously, the people that I've met through 
uh, your inner circle, um, you know, coaching with uh, Tony Watley and 365 Driven, uh, just meeting people all across the board. And, and, and I come from a background that, you know, has been primarily in real estate. I mean, I've been in the real estate, around the real estate industry since 2004, worked sales, leadership, coaching at, at all levels, have achieved some great things, but it's all been real estate related. And what's interesting is the book has opened me up to being able to connect with just entrepreneurs and small business owners and, you know, doors that might not have been open previously because I was kind of, I was niched into just that, that one market. And so it really did change and it upped the level. I mean, walking into your inner circle, I feel like the minnow, I, you know, I felt <laughs> like I was kind of at the top before. And then I walk in on the minnow again and, uh, <laughs> and millionaires and billionaires and, and just accomplishing things at such a high level. And sometimes it's, you know, God gave us two ears for a reason to listen and, and one mouth, just keep it shut and listen. And I, I've picked up so many things from being in a part of that. And that would have never happened if, if I didn't write a book. So you just said something pretty special there. It, it, you grew beyond your, your current circle. You found other people that, uh, that you could help and, and they realized that you could help them based off of the message of the books, survive, scale, soar. So that's a, that's a great point. Anybody looking out there looking to write a book, it's almost like a rebranding tool. You know, it creates a new identity. You're not just a real estate guy. You're the entrepreneur who can help people survive, scale, and soar. And so if you use it properly, you use it like a magnet and you attract in other individuals from other walks of life. And that's the magic of a book. And you're able to see it just in the first couple of weeks. It's amazing. Yeah. So we're, we're going to dive into the topic today. But before we do, just give us the Cliff Notes version of Mike Fallon. How did you get to where you're at? And I, I think it's a pretty incredible story that our audience can learn from. Man, people think that I was this uh, book savant, uh, that I loved reading. I loved writing growing up. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. So I didn't really get into the, the, the love of reading books until I was 21 years old. So I would say that would probably be the very moment that I picked up Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the moment I started reading nonfiction, personal development books given to me by my boss at that time, because uh, I, I expressed being, the love of being an entrepreneur and I saw what he was doing. He was you know, building convenience stores and restaurants and he was just doing a lot of cool stuff. So I would always ask him questions and he gave, he gave me insight, but then he, gave, he did give me Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And once I was able to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I was in school at the time and I'm thinking, what am I doing in school? I don't want to work for someone else. This book is now getting me into real estate. So as soon as I finished that book, not only did I start to just feed my mind with other personal development books, I went out and got my real estate license. So I knew real estate would be in my future in some aspects. So I got my real estate license. Here I am at 22 years old. I bought my first four unit building and uh, I was off and running as an entrepreneur. So I thought I was like this, this great business mind individual. You thought you'd solve the world's problems at that I point. I thought here I was, I made it guys. I have real estate. I mean, I have property and, and it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't bringing in enough, but uh, you know, my family was all against like being an entrepreneur and starting businesses and risking your money to buy property. So it was sort of like a, a, a very, um, a lonesome activity. I was out on my own doing this stuff. The, the boss that gave me that book kind of saw me going out on my own and didn't really give me any insight anymore because I couldn't help him. I wasn't really working for his corporation anymore. So I was on my own. 
And that's whenever I started to put together four other business ideas. So when I got into real estate, here I was having all these, this, this money come in, which was like three or $400 a month, by the way, wasn't a lot. So I went out and started four different businesses. They're all major failures. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, how, how, I thought this business thing would be easy. Well, I tur- it turned out that I was like listening to everything school taught me about business. And I was making all the wrong moves. I didn't understand the power of networking. I didn't understand the, the power of uh, you know outsourcing your weaknesses. So I did all this. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to break it all down into something that's simple, that's easy to understand, that's really not that attractive. I'm going to create a dog product service, something that's just like me shipping out dog items to people and, you know, for birthdays and for holidays. So I created this thing called doggy surprise and it clicked. It started to work. So people started coming to me and saying, Hey man, it looks like, you know what you're doing when it comes to business. Can you help me start a business? I'm like, wait a second. This consulting of startup business thing, this could be a business. So, so I started helping other people in Pittsburgh start businesses. Now I was only making, I would probably say $30,000 a year from this dog product service, but it was better than zero or negative money that I made in the first four businesses. So I was just saying stuff that you shouldn't do. You know, you don't go out and get the best attorney in the land before you even have a business, you know, before you have, even before you have a customer. So all this little stuff that I started to teach others. And then I said to myself, you know what, Uh, since I'm giving advice, why don't I just write this book about starting a business? So 2014, I started putting pen to paper and uh, I started to write about my experiences. And all of a sudden I put this book out. The girl I was dating at the time helped me edit it. I went on Canva, created a simple cover, put it up on Amazon. I learned the bestseller technique, wrote a book and, and overnight people started treating me differently. They started to invite me to speak at their school. Uh, people wanted me as a guest on their podcast. I saw right then and there my, a life-changing event, all because I just wrote a book and published it on Amazon. And all of a sudden people started asking me rather than about business advice, Hey, you wrote a book. I've always wanted to write a book. How can I do that? I said, uh, well, here's a business. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a capitalist. I'll, I'll definitely strike an opportunity. If I could solve a problem and, and profit from it, why not? So I said, why don't you, I wrote that, write the book for you. Uh, you, me and you will just do an interview and I'll bring it out of you in an interview and then I'll write it for you. Let's charge. And I'm just making this up at the time. How about $2,000? Was $2,000 sound good to write a book for you? And I had one person say, yeah, let's do it. So I write a book for this individual, put it out there. And it was like another magnet where people started coming to me and saying, hey, looks like you helped this guy. Can you help me? And it grew from there. Since then, we've done about 260 books. Now we have a team. I don't do any of the writing myself. I have a team of writers, about 15 individuals that once I do the interview, I send the content to them and, and off we're running with the book. That's, that's awesome. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Sometimes we think it's the first business that's going to make us money and it's like the fifth. <laughs> right? right. So Kiyosaki, you're a Kiyosaki fan, right? Hmm. Robert oh, Kiyosaki. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. He always said, uh, you know, four out of five businesses, uh, fail. Or I think he said something like nine out of 10 businesses fail. So he had a foolproof plan from the get-go, just create 10 businesses. So, <laughs> so that's how I look at it now. When I hear people say, I can't wait to quit my job and start a business. I, I say, you should look at it as I can't wait to quit my job and start many businesses because it is a numbers game. You're going to find out stuff about yourself that you had no idea was deep inside your soul. You're going to find out stuff about the market you were never told before. 
and it's going to be a very eye-opening experience. It's going to change you and your life. So get ready for it. The first business most likely will not be the one. Awesome. So I think that gives a great, you know, kind of background of, of who Mike is, where he's gotten to. And I think it's going to give you why he's the perfect person to talk about our topic today. And that's <laughs> stop worrying about the haters. And, you know, I see the hater as an enemy. And in order to, to win against an enemy, you have to understand who the enemy is. So how do you define what is an, what is a hater or, or who is a hater? Good question. Uh, I did not start to make money until I start, started to have haters. That's the God's honest truth. So what does that mean? Well, when I started to disrupt the hierarchy of my environment, what that means is I was always a BC student. The moment that I started to surpass others with you know, social media uh, presence or financially, that's whenever the people who were above me, the ones who got the straight A's, the ones who made more money than me, the ones who were more successful, more famous, they had more of everything. The moment I started to disrupt that hierarchy and pass them uh, with finances or whatever, having a book, having a best-selling book, that's whenever you started to see the, the angst or disgust in their eyes or in the tone of voice. So people who were above me became haters because I, I found this shortcut to the next level. So what, I would say, why do, you think they, why do you think they felt that way? Like they, you know, you would think everybody wants to help, you know, somebody win or celebrate their wins. Is that, is that really the case? No, no. They, people always want you to do great, just not better than them. That's what I realized. But most people, not ever. Not everybody. I you start to get around winners and people who want others to win and succeed, and then you start to realize what a real supporter looks like. So I would see people in my environment, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, start to talk behind my back and uh, say bad things and kind of laugh about some of the things I was putting out there online. And 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 I guess you start to hear the rumblings from people around you, and you're like, why the heck would they say that? What? Why would they do that? I'm not doing anything against them, but they're saying it about me. And it just goes to show you that once you, once you go past someone who technically in the eyes of society or through the school system, once you go past them, that's when they start to realize like they made a mistake. There's something they're doing wrong. So instead of blaming themselves, they're going to blame you. Oh, it's, oh, you're a con man. Oh, you're cheating people out of money. Oh, you're doing something. You got lucky. And so they have to blame you for doing something or give some type of excuse. Then I think that it evolves into haters that probably are people you've never met that, that don't know you. They don't know anything about you. They see one thing that you've done, putting out a book, for example. Oh, you're just a cheater. Oh, you're putting out a book. I've always wanted to write a book, but, um, who are you? I just looked you up on Google. There's nothing there. I just looked on your social media. You have a hundred followers. You're nobody. And so they start to tell themselves this story that the reason why you're doing something great is because of something that, um, that they're lacking. And, and they think that, oh, if I could just say that this person uh, is doing something bad, it gives me a right to kind of feel comfortable at night. So I'm going to start to hate on this individual because that makes me feel better. So it's not just your circle anymore. It's people outside of the circle 
doing something to just come at you. And I think it's really a reflection of themselves. What are they lacking? What do they really want? What do you have that you, they wish they were good at also? And it's just giving them some type of reason to stay where they're at and to try to pull you down. It's the crab-like mentality. And you guys are probably familiar with this. If you put crabs in a bucket, one will try to escape and the rest will try to pull them down. Uh, rest will try to pull that one down. And, and what that means is, you know, as you try to climb out of your surroundings, and if you're in a bad situation, I know people, we write books for these individuals all the time. They're getting out of addiction. They're getting out of really bad situation. Uh, and, and you'll notice that the stories are all the same. Once I started to do X, Y, and Z, that's when I had people saying, don't do this. Come back to our, to, to our, uh, our level. Don't go here. Don't go spend money into this event and, 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 and become a different person. Stay where you're at because that's where we're at. And, and I guess the moment that you say, no, I want to become something greater, they turn on you and they become a hater. They're not a supporter. But what's great about like what you said in the beginning, the moment you start to not care about that stuff is when you find your real tribe, your real circle, you find true supporters. So it's painful in the beginning. I see it every day with our clients. But the moment they break through that glass ceiling, they become a whole new person. And it, it was worth it. It's always worth it to, to escape that pain that you're in. So uh, you, you made some great points there. And I think that's a pretty, that's one of the most clearest definitions of a hater I think I've ever heard. Uh, very well explained. So you're going to have people that, that come at you. And there may be somebody in our audience that's just now starting to experience that. And, and obviously, as you grow and as a person, you develop yourself, it, it gets easier in, in time. How do you deal with it initially? Because it, it does hurt. It does sting. It's, and oftentimes, it's somebody right there in your inner circle, or you thought to be in your inner circle. Um, how, do you, how do you manage that? What's the mindset like? I think the life of an entrepreneur is a very lonely start. I don't think it's a lonely ending. I just think it's a lonely start because it's a lot of self-reflection, but it's also a lot of looking at the people around you and just kind of doing your own inspection of, are they with me or are they against me? So at first, it depends on your situation. I know people who are born into entrepreneurial families and it's a lot easier for them because they have this experience of people supporting them and they have certain people rooting for them and they have like a, a map. But if you're out there and you're doing everything from the get-go yourself, it could scare the hell out of you. So I think that the only way to go through it is to prepare yourself mentally uh, or to see what scares you the most. Are you more afraid of not accomplishing that, that dream, that goal? Or are you more afraid of fear, rejection, or having haters come your way? And I think that the way I got through it, if this give, can give any piece of advice to those listeners out there, the way I got through that dark stage, the very early days of entrepreneurship was I always thought about that dream obituary in my life where what, whenever I was all said and done, what were people going to say about me? So I wrote my own dream obituary one time and it was about, hey, this individual was you know, loved by many, wrote many books, helped a lot of people start businesses was a great speaker, gave a lot to charity. And the, at the time I wrote that, none of that was true. And I realized that in order to become this person, I needed to change. I needed to be less afraid. I have a shirt on that says unafraid. And I had to be less afraid of those 
internal consequences of, man, if I hold myself back now, I'm going to hold myself back for the rest of my life. And those people around me, the close friends, the close family members, I just got to prove myself. Maybe nobody believes in you. And in fact, maybe I didn't even believe in myself. Otherwise, I probably would have started sooner. So I had to prove to myself that I could become successful. And if I could do that, if I could become a person that has strong, you know, morals and has incredibly core value, incredible core values and, and has incredible success track record, then I'll prove it to them. And those people will see and believe in me. So I looked at this dream obituary. I saw where I wanted to go. That was my map. I saw where I was at now. And then I said to myself, it's worth it. I had to define if it was worth it or not. So I went through it. I saw the people disperse from my life. I saw the people laugh at me, but it was all worth it because deep inside, I started to become more clear-minded. I started to have more of a financial success track record. I started to see my circle grow. I started to see my influence, my credibility. I was actually getting away from one revenue stream or having to have a job. I was working for myself. I created this uh, tagline called Started From Zero because at the time that I first started this business, I mean, there was nobody in my corner. I guess you could say my mom was like, hey, go do it, son. You can do whatever you want. But <laughs> yeah. that's probably it. And, and so I noticed my friends, my family and all that started to change. But here I was by myself, a loner thinking to myself, it's worth it because this map, this dream obituary, this is where I'm going. And if you're clear on where you're going and who you want to become, then all the other stuff that comes your way of whether it's not being able to pay a bill or being looked upon as like a failure or a joke, all that stuff can be fixed. You know, like, ah, that's, that's, that's easy to get through. What's really scary is being on your deathbed someday and saying to yourself, damn, I wish I would have finish that book. Damn, I wish I would have started that business. But the reason why I didn't was because of my aunt and what she was going to think about me. Like you can't look at this little stuff. The little stuff will all fix itself as long as you have your eyes on the big vision of where you're going. Yeah, I think yeah, regret is probably one of the worst things you could ever experience. And um, you know, a, a strategy and, and you talked a little bit about it there and and it might not come initially. Yet Talk a little bit about a strategy of redefining who your circle is. Like, where do you start or who do you, who do you look out to uh, just to start building on that process? So uh, that didn't come right away for me. Uh, I didn't know that I wanted to be around the Tony Watleys or the Jeremy Williams or the people like Mark Evans DM or the Anthony Lollies. What happened was they came into my life by me putting out my beliefs, by me putting out my success, my, by me putting out what I was working on, where I was going. So the only way that I was able to attract the right people was by keeping my feet moving, by staying productive, by, by offering value to those around me. And so I don't think that you could be like, you know what, I want to be around the, this person, and then it's just going to work out. I think you have to increase your value to a point where you attract the right people. Otherwise, you could meet individuals all day long. And if you're not valuable, if you're not clear, if you're not, you know, someone that has, you know, good morals or you don't have strong core values, they're going to deselect you from their life. So you actually have to become a person of value first. And that does involve a lot of introspection of what's important to you. Who are your heroes? Like I used to think about my heroes all the time. I created this thing called zero to hero because I realized like my heroes were like 
evil Knievel, people who put it all on the line for a dream, for a goal. I liked Billy the Kid because it was good versus evil, you know, the little guy versus the corporation. I started thinking about people uh, in my entrepreneurial uh, dreams of like, oh man, I would love to be able to speak so clear and with so much conviction, like Grant Cardone. Okay, let me start to take pieces of that. Now, I never met Grant Cardone, but I could see certain things in other people that I was like, you know what, I'm going to borrow that and try to make it my own. And uh, over time, I would say that I took a lot from other people and made it my own, but I became a person of value. And then when I would meet people who are very valuable, who I wanted to be around, I would be of service to them. If you want to get around great people, figure out a way how you can help them get to their next level or to accomplish something. And I started to reverse engineer rather than me wanting to be in their circle. How can I make myself so valuable that they would want me in their circle? And if you become valuable for people, then they'll want to keep you around. And then you start to uh, maybe adopt their principles. Oh, you know what? I really like how Mark Evans is a family guy and he's a great business person, but he doesn't break his code for money. So I really like that. And every time something would come my way, that's really difficult. I would think of not what would I do? What would Mark do? What would Jeremy do? What would Tony do in this situation? Yep. They would do this. And so you become this person. And I think that the more clear you are on who you are or where you want to go, then you know, when you meet people, if that person is someone that you want to adopt uh, principles from or not, I've met lots of people and Jeremy, you probably can attest to this too. I've met so many people who are super wealthy, but I meet them and I know right away if I like them or not. I, I know if I want to adopt principles or not, and you can hear how they speak, what's important to them. Are they Christian or not? Do they love America or not? I'll start to pick up on these little words, these little actions, and I will know if I want to go that way or not instantly. So your compass, if you will, becomes a little bit more dialed in over time. It does start with knowing yourself, knowing who your heroes are and knowing where you're going. Because if you become that person and become that person of value, I think it's going to be a lot easier for you to attract the right people into your life. And then the ones who see who you are at the core, they'll deselect themselves from your, from your life because they will start to say, wow, this person makes me uncomfortable, or this person is not someone that I want to do business with. So you become your own nucleus. And I think the right people will enter, the wrong people will leave. That's, that's super powerful. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's really powerful that you shared. You don't necessarily have to know or have that that relationship, like I know you, you know, you're, you mentioned Grant Cardone, like you don't know Grant, but you're studying him because there's, there's key things that you want to take away from that. And that's, that's really, really powerful because I think sometimes people think they have to know the person or actually be in their circle to be able to adopt some of those things. And, and to go back and say, you know, it all starts with you though. You've got to know what you believe. You have to have clarity in that. And from that, then you can grow into to those other areas. And eventually, like you said, you just begin to repel the haters off. Like <laughs> just, it's a repellent. They just, they just kind of fall off. Um, so I want to talking about haters. Uh, you have, you have Mike's inner circle and I, I get to be a part of that. It's, it's an awesome, awesome group. And, you know, you, you declare yourself, you state, you stand on the rock and proclaim that you're a Patriot. Now the word Patriot today can be seen as, as very, um, 
oppositional. We'll just put it put it that way. And, <laughs> yeah. it, and it can bring it can attract the haters. Yet I've seen you handle it in such a way that you're still kind to people. Uh, it's just what you believe and you don't fall from that. And I see a lot of people crumble. They, mm-hmm. They'll say, hey, you know, I believe this, but, you know, I could kind of see your point of view. You're like, no, this is my point of view and I stand firmly on the rock. And and that's going to attract haters. Tell, tell me a little bit about that experience and and um, a little bit about Bike Center Circle. Yeah, so the inner circle all started because, uh, you know, I was working with people in many different backgrounds, entrepreneurs from all over the world, and many in real estate, many in financial services, many in tax uh, consulting. And, and it was crazy to see some of these individuals who I would love to introduce to other clients. And I'm thinking to myself, well, this person's in real estate and this person is in marketing. Um, they're technically not in the exact same world, but I think they could do business together in some aspect. So I thought to myself, how could I combine two different people from two different walks of life and, and maybe just create value where I was being the connector? Like as long as I'm valuable to my circle, that, that's all that matters. So how can I be of more value than just books? So that's how it all started. And then I started working with real estate individuals and uh, people who you know, offer syndication deals, $200,000, $400,000 is the minimum buy-in. How many people really have 200,000 or 400,000 sitting around? Well, you could do a syndication deal and say, well, I have a group of people that we have a relationship with. Why don't we all chip in some money and maybe have some type of owner uh, equity and and then we could uh, be partners in a deal. So that's how it really started. That was the genesis. Okay, well, let me find all these people I work with. I know them. I've done business with them. I've listened to their whole story. I know what they stand for. Well, Let's find other people that want to just be attracted and, and work to, with these individuals. So that's how the inner circle really began. And then I realized, you know what? My group, they all love America. Oh my God. It's amazing how I'm starting to see how people are coming out of the woodwork. I love what America stands for. So when you talk about standing on the rock and saying you're a patriot, what's it mean? It really does mean what this foundational idea of what America stands for, what it was created for is freedom to do and pursue happiness. That's it. That's, that's what I look at. Freedom to, to start a business, freedom to go wherever, whenever, with whomever. And, and, and I, you could even trace it all the way back to even the, the Christian philosophy of, okay, most people that started this, this country were Christian. So over time, I became way deeper with my faith. So as a Christian, I started to become more vocal online because there were certain things that happened in my life that, that made me see that there was a lot more than meets the eye. And I became deeper with my faith. So the more I started to profess that and put it out online, I started to attract similar minded people. And then the moment I started putting stuff out there about my love for America and what it means to me and what it has done for me, I love America because it allowed me to quit a job and start a business and have this freedom to go wherever, whenever, with whomever. And, and I'm able to drive my dream car and, and have opportunities come to me. And then I'm able to capitalize. I don't know if you can get that in other countries. So this is something that means a lot to me because it's given me opportunity. It's given me a chance. Now it's my job to fight for it or protect it or keep it alive for the next generation or for anybody behind me. Now, I don't have any kids, but if I did, I would probably even fight harder because now it's not just me that's being affected. So whenever I started putting out my love for America, 
other people were saying, man, I love your bravery. I love your courage. I would love a little bit of that in my life. So, you know, I'm drawn to you because what you're saying is resonating. So I started realizing, wow, if I could just, you know, stay on this path, I'm going to, I'm going to draw in the right people, but I'm also defending it. So the more I defend what my beliefs are, the more clear I get on myself. And I'm also uh, becoming a, a person of conviction. I'm becoming a better leader. So I became a better person by putting stuff out there and defending it. And you draw in the right people. The inner circle is full of mostly Christians, mostly, I mean, not mostly, all patriots, people who see what's going on in this country and they think, what the hell can I do about it? Well, I can get really wealthy. I can get around right people. I can start feeding my mind with the right stuff. I could only have allies with similar people. So let me create these allies, these alliances with other people that share my same beliefs, and let's do great things together, whether it is contributing to political campaigns, starting businesses, giving back to charities. You start to get around people who have the same beliefs, and you could do a lot of good together. And it's great because as the masks went on, as this world's kind of fell apart in the past couple of years, it's amazing how like the great division is set in. But when the masks went on, the real masks came off. I now know who you are, what you believe, if I want to be around you, if you're going to be an asset or a liability. And the easier that is on us as entrepreneurs or people who are trying to create a movement, the, the better. Because the more we see who people are right from the get-go, we don't have to waste any time. You're either on our side or not. And guess what? If you're not on our side, go live a life that's, that's happy. Go do your thing. But my circle, what I'm going to do is I'm going this way and other people that share the same stuff. Let's go do great things together. Everybody else that's against us, you go do your thing. All right. I'm not going to try to stop you like you're trying to stop us. We're going to go do our thing and we're going to do great things together because um, that's that not only brings joy, but it also makes us like uh, thrilled that we're doing something with true purpose. We're doing something that means a lot. Oh, we are building our own businesses, creating our own revenue streams, staying free, fighting back. Nobody follows a coward. And if you can see what's happening right now, there are a lot of people who go quiet and they're not going to win this game. The people who win are the Joe Rogans, the Elon Musk. These are the alpha alphas stepping up saying, you know what? Something's wrong here and I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to share love, my voice. I love Elon Musk uh, fighting uh, or supporting the, the truckers in Canada. That love it. You see people like this saying what they really believe it inspired. I mean, courage is is uh, contagious. So you see people like this on the highest level saying it. Well, that gives me a little bit more motivation to do the exact same thing. So uh, it's real. If you can just start to share your message, someone out there is listening, and now you have an alliance possibly for life. So you're basically saying the haters actually can help you too. Haters can definitely help you. All right. And, and I, I've seen this from not only my perspective, but in other people, when they start to have haters, if you defend yourself, you're going to do your research. Oh, wait, am I saying it, it? I'm going to do my own little audit, self audit. Am I saying something that's true? Wait a second. Okay. This does sound something like uh, what happened in Germany in 1923. Let me do my own research. So as you have haters, you have a reason to defend yourself, which gives you a little bit more fuel to do your own due diligence, find out what you really believe, and then you fight back. And as you fight back online, other people will see what you're saying and saying, oh my God, he is onto something. That just changed my mind. Wow. You opened up my eyes and now you're valuable to me. 
haters could be a blessing. They truly can be. Love this. It's, you know, it started out as a business conversation and became a life conversation and, and haters can, can play a role in both. Uh, about 30 seconds left. If you were going to, if, if there was like a top thought or something that wasn't shared in, in regards to this topic, like, what would you say? When it comes to haters specifically, is that what you mean? With, with haters. Yes. Yeah. So I, I would say that the more you do in this world, the more haters are going to come your way. So if you start to rise above the noise, or if you start to do something that's um, uh, out of your comfort zone, you're going to have some resistance and you could call it whatever you want, but the more resistance that comes your way is almost a test. It just look at everything as a test. All right. If I'm uncomfortable by doing this, am, am I going to succumb to the test? Am I going to give up or am I going to pass through it? Every time something gets very difficult, it's almost like a breaking point where, all right, am I going to stay where I'm at or am I going to hit the next level? And if you just stay at it, if you put the pedal to the metal and you keep your foot on the gas and you break through that, there's something good that comes from it. And that could be a sense of identity. It could be a financial reward. It could be a new person in your life. But every time that I've gone through this, oh, this new ceiling and I broke through, something good was on the other side. So if you're feeling a lot of haters or if there's a lot of people saying bad things about you and you know your moral compass is dead set and it's right on and you are doing something that's not hurting other people, you stay at it because the moment you break through that, the moment you get through these hard times or hard week, something good is on the other side. And that's exactly what you need. So if you are praying to God and you're saying, give me courage or you know, please give me X, Y, and Z, well, sometimes, and the way I look at it is you are put in situations to see how you are going to respond. You want to go through something difficult at a lower level. So it gives you the resistance, the muscles to break through the really difficult stuff whenever that time comes. So look at all this as a blessing because it's just making you the person that you need to become if you really want to do some good in this world. Awesome. Uh, great, great stuff today, Mike. And, and I really appreciate that. We identified you know, who and what a hater is. Uh, we looked at strategies and solutions to be able to overcome those. And I think, I think my audience is going to really appreciate that. And I, I encourage you to go out, implement those, maybe even listen to it again, because there's, there are so many nuggets uh, that, that Mike shared today. Uh, it'd be worth, worth doing that. Uh, again, thank you, Mike, for, for being on the show. Mike is the owner of Dream Starters Publishing, uh, Bookly Pro, and he runs the inner circle. And um, it, I, again, I thank you for taking time out and really appreciate you, Mike. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, I will tell you guys that everybody on my team loves Jeremy. So uh, we always, you know, get thrilled whenever we, we hear from you and we, we worked with you on that book. So it was an honor to work with you. It's an honor to have you a part of the inner circle. And if you guys are ever thinking about getting someone to coach you, Jeremy knows his stuff. He, uh, he is, he, he's a man of his word, man of conviction. And it's an honor that, uh, uh, that, that I was a, a part of this show today. So thanks for having me, Jeremy. Before we close out, Mike, how do they get a hold of you? How, if somebody's thinking about writing a book, they're thinking about taking that, that journey with you. If they, if they heard about Mike's Center Circle today and they're wondering, how do I participate in that? How, how can they reach you? Yeah, so dreamstarterspublishing.com is the number one way that people understand our service, how we help, and uh, the, the, the entire timeline. So Dreamstarters Publishing is the best way. 
If you want to just get a hold of me uh, through Instagram, that's another easy way at the dream starter. If I'm not shadow banned at this moment. So <laughs> uh, at the dream starter on Instagram, you can always message me. So those are the two best ways. And if you guys are out there and you're looking to maybe strengthen your circle, obviously mikecentercircle.com could give you all those details. Awesome. Again, thank you, Mike. And, and if you heard any of this today and, or you heard something Mike just shared in the way you can reach out to him, don't, don't hesitate. Um, he's definitely somebody you want in your circle. So thanks again, Mike, and thanks for doing the show. Thanks, Jeremy. Thank you for listening to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. If you heard something that made a difference in your life today, share it with someone that might benefit and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Learn more about the host of this podcast and coaching services offered by Red Hawk Coaching by visiting www.redhawkcoaching.com.